Welcome back, everyone. We're going to continue our previous conversation on distractions, and we're so glad that you joined us here under the fig tree. <laughs> we gotta have you on the show and more she often. She fits right in. Yeah, we gotta have you on the show more often. <laughs> Don't. It's, it's interesting to me because you you should not let one man's death bring fear when one man's death brought freedom. Oh my right? goodness! So we're free from the law of sin and death. We're free. All this stuff that would would bind Jesus' death freed us from all that. So you know. We, Again, I understand where some people are, and, and, and we're not doing this to be con- condemning to anybody, you know. Right. We're just laying it out there. Yeah. But if you know somebody that died because of this uh, or because of anything, not just because of this, don't let that one person's death drag you back into the bondage of fear. Yeah. When the one person that we're supposed to keep our eyes on, his death, freed us from that fear. Yeah, that's. So I think that's something we have to do, whether it's COVID, whether it's anything, it could be cancer, it could be, it could be anything. It doesn't have to just be, you know, the virus that's going on now or all the many different variants, <laughs> all this kind of stuff, but all the different variants and all that. We can't allow all that kind of stuff to distract us. There is a point, and I think we're at that point now, where God wants to do something spectacular in the earth. Yeah. I believe it. Yes. He wants to do something spectacular in the earth. I believe it. However, however he's always wanted to use the willing, right? Mm-hmm. But part of the population of the willing have become afraid. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And I think there's, if you, maybe I'm, maybe I'm saying it wrong. I don't know, but I think there's a certain number that he's waiting on when I get this many people. And we can look at that biblically too. We look at, you know, the destruction of Sodom. If there's this many people, will you save the city? I still think there's, once I get this many people, I'm going to do this spectacular thing in the earth. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that's what it is. But I think the population, some of the population of what he's looking for are just afraid. Absolutely. And um, I think they've they've backed down and they've called fear wisdom in a lot of cases. Yes. And that's kind of, I'm not even angry about it. I'm more heartbroken. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of, well, let me, let me preface this. Some years ago, the Lord said to me concerning pastors. So pastors, God bless you. I'm not beating up on you. I'm just telling you what I believe. I heard the Lord say a few years ago, I believe I heard the Lord say that many of his pastors, congregational leaders, let me say it like that for clarity, um, are, they're so afraid. They're like deer caught in the headlights. Now God says that to me because he knows how I think and he knows (laughs) what's funny to me and so on and so forth. And so he talks in in a language that I understand. I believe I heard the Lord say to me that many of his pastors are so afraid they know that he's pulling on them and tugging on them to make the change, but they don't know what the change consists of because he's requiring them to do it in faith. And he's not telling them the fullness of where he's taking them, wants to take them, and how he's going to get them there. And, and they have an inkling that I may lose, watch this now, I may lose my church. Right. I may lose my congregation. Right. What will happen to my ministry? Right. My, you my, know, my, my. One of, <laughs> one, one, one of the things that, um, that I believe is still happening today, Troy and Tisha, I, I believe that, do you remember when the serpents were biting the people? Yes. And then God, uh, Moses went to God. What do I do? God says, 
take take a brazen serpent, fashion him, put him on a stick, lift him up, right? Nehushtan. Nehushtan. Yeah. Love it. The thing that God was doing that he's no longer doing, mm-hmm. as the moment that we try to continue doing it, it becomes Nehushtan. That's right. It becomes the idol mm-hmm. that Tisha spoke of right. at the very beginning of the conversation. That's right. That's, That's why I started with ministry when you asked the question, mm-hmm. because I was already thinking about Nehushtan. Right? I got you. <laughs> it's the thing, because I know that this is where the body is right now. Wow. Mm-hmm. There's so many ministers and pastors who God is pulling on. I heard of one today. I won't call him by name, but I am so excited. He, From what I understand, he had COVID. He's known worldwide. Right. He had COVID. He's recovered or recovering. But I just got a I got a report from somebody last night concerning this particular man of God, very very well known, that he's recovering, but he's extremely frail. And he began to talk about. He went back to his congregation and he began to talk a different language. He began to talk about relationship, and it was yeah. evident that something happened between him and Jesus while he was out trying to survive COVID. That's right. Because he comes back and he's a totally different person. And then he does something concerning ministry that no one in their right mind would do. He actually shuts something down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. he, he actually shut some things down and said, you know what? No, we're not doing that anymore. You, all you're going to hear me talk about is Jesus and relationship with him. Yeah. And I got excited because I'm like, it's happening, it's, it's happening, happening. <laughs> it's happening. What Jesus told me, I can hear from God, yay. Well, well even in that, you, you know, some people have gone through some things that, that forces them to put their focus yeah. back on God. And you, yes. and look, I'm, I can't deal with all these distractions right now. Yeah. I have to tune in. I have to focus in. Yeah. And during yeah. that time where you're going through those things, it kind of, yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. No, nothing makes you come to your senses better than trouble. Better be, than trouble. Be quite honest with you. Nothing you makes know? you pray like trouble. That's why the church is going through. That's why the world, I should say, is going through what it's going through right now. It's all about the church. Yeah. It's all about the church. God waking the church up or shaking the church sure. up in order because nothing causes people to turn to God or turn back to God like, like, like trouble. trouble. And I think this is one of those things where God allows these things to happen uh, to push our attention Back to him. Get your attention off the waves, Peter, and walk back on the water with me. I think that's a lot of what happens. We have to understand waves will come. Sure. Wind will blow. Sure. If you're in this world any length of time, you you know that. You just have to ensure. And let me let me say this. Don't walk alone. That's Don't right. Don't walk alone. Yeah. I think a lot of times we get to an island to ourselves for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. We're trying to do this thing alone. And you need the brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes. They have perspective. They have insight. They have their relationship with God. Experience. They have their anointing that they can help you with. Mm -hmm. Come alongside others. Make sure that you have someone to help undergird you. Because when your thoughts get locked sometimes in a, for lack of a better word, in a routine or a cycle, that's the word I'm looking for, it, it takes sometimes the jolt of someone else saying, hey, X, Y, Z, did you think about it this way? And it's like, yeah. oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, so I did not see that. Right. And it helps you get your mind. We are a body jointly fit. Jointly, jointly fit. fit. And we have to 
rely on one another, especially in this time. So I say that, you know, community is vital to help with distractions because sometimes we need that help to just kind of shake us and wake us and see a different perspective than how we've been perceiving it ourselves. Yeah. Amen. I mean, man, that's, that's, that's just so good. Um, It made me think of first John, you know, first John talks about how, and I'm going to paraphrase it, how when we begin to see each other right, this is a loose paraphrase, right? but how we begin, I think it's around 1 John, I think it's around verse 7 or 8, something like that. But when we begin to see each other right, we begin to value each other right. And then there's this weird saying over there in 1 John, it says, and the blood of Jesus covers everybody. Mm. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. We're already saved. We're already covered. So what, what's this other covering? What's this other? Wow. You know, I'm saying the blood of Jesus begin to cleanse everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, 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 because he's <laughs> talking to believers about believers, mm-hmm. but he makes the point that when you and I, when you, me, and Tisha see each other right, just in this setting, yeah. what's happening right now is the blood. The fitly joint, the <laughs> blood flows both ways. Yeah, you see what I'm man. saying? And we begin to feed off of each other. And then we gotta. If y'all could see us right now, man, we have a, <laughs> we have a, we we're sitting at a round table, and there's three of us, but there's a fourth chair. Come on, and it's yeah. like Holy Spirit sitting in the fourth chair, <laughs> and He's helping us. So that's the that's the beauty of the community that Tisha's talking about, Absolutely. right? When we have healthy community within the body of Christ. Healthy, that's key, good. Well, I, you know, I, I don't know about this, man. I think God might be a little smarter than us. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Just maybe. a little bit. <laughs> because he won't allow any one person to have it all. No. So that we have to rely yeah. on each other. Somebody, yeah. To your point, not even one church has it all. Oh, come, come on, on, come on. So Say that again in the back church. so the people in the <laughs> back can hear you, please. Not even one church has it all. So I, I tell people this quite often. Everything you need is not in your local church. But everything you need is in the body. Dude. And you have to be able to go outside of your local church. Church leaders, please, please, please understand you don't have it all. And you need to allow the people to move throughout the body as they as it's needed. Trouble me. As it's needed. Well, and and why not build a community in, in your local area, a kingdom of pastors that get together and you know their heart and they know your heart. So if a member, you don't have what this member needs, go see my brother over at something, something temple. Yes. And and I know that you will get what you need, you know? So, uh, I mean, again, because this is a kingdom overall (laughs) under the fig tree is a kingdom focused, kingdom minded program. That's right. We, it, we, it takes us all to get this thing right. And guess what? In this end day, it's going to take us all. Absolutely. It's not going to be. Oh, man. We don't have it within us. The Bible says, let me put it like this. The Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Mm -hmm. So we need the body, the real church, to stand up in who they are so that we can thwart premature plans of the enemy. Yes. You know, and things that the enemy is doing. Look, we're still on the earth. Yeah. That's right. So there is a level of victory that we are still entitled to. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. once we leave and get caught up, when that is, that's a whole other discussion. While we're still here on the earth, there is a level of victory that we are to walk in. Yeah. We can't let the enemy distract us and steal from us the victory that God has ordained that's for this right. appointed time. 
That's good. What's good about it is I love that point, right? Jesus said, occupy yeah. until I return, yeah. right? So the only way that you occupy is that the territory has already been conquered. Yeah. Right? Right. So he's won the victory for us. Yeah. So now we have to go in and enforce the victory in the areas yeah. that, we're, that we're supposed to. So, yeah, of course, yeah. and I love the point. I absolutely love the point because we have to stay focused on the task at hand. Yes. There is victory that we're supposed to experience and yes. there's victory we're supposed to partake in that's already been won. Yes. This is why we occupy. Yeah. This is why we have the right to occupy. Yeah. Because he's won that victory for us and he he left it here. Look, yeah. sharing this with me. Yeah. Right. Sharing this with me. Yeah. Enforce this. Yeah. Your job is not to fight for the victory. I already no. got that for you. Your job is to enforce there it. There you go. Yeah. You know, and enjoy the victory, and that's it. And and you know what? From my vantage point, why would you need authority in heaven? Good point. Authority's for here. Yeah, yeah. Y you know what I'm saying? That makes sense. The last Adam came to fix what the first Adam kind of gave away. Yep. Came to take it back, I should say, to redeem what the first Adam gave away. And what does he do? He gives it back to us. That's right. So that we could have authority in the earth. We don't need authority in heaven unless he gives us a specific assignment over over something, some portion of heaven, but you don't really need authority. So all of what Tisha's talking about, what you just said, is is about being here and being here in the level of rulership that Adam and Eve were supposed to be in before they gave it away. That's fine. No worries. We love them. Right? right? They're in heaven now. <laughs> We're not angry. Right. We're not angry because the father had a plan. He had a fix, right? right. So right. he sends the last Adam, and the last Adam fixes it and then hands it back to us mm -hmm. so that we could once again be in a position to have dominion. That's right. So would you say, I'm going to pose a question, that all these distractions, because I love this point that you made, all the distractions that are happening, is to for authority? Absolutely. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Great question. It is. Absolutely. I believe that with every fiber of my being, that everything that's happening is to wake the church up and cause her to put on her boots. I'm going to talk about her as the bride of Christ, right? Because that's yeah. what the Bible calls her. That's right. right. Get her combat boots on and <laughs> kick some doors down in Jesus' name. Amen. That's right. And put some heels <laughs> on some heads. That's right. That's right. Of serpents. That was the promise. That's it. That yeah. was the promise, right? Yeah. That was, was the promise. And so it still is the promise. It still is the promise. That's right. So I, I absolutely I got excited. I'm sorry, I'm yelling. <laughs> no, that's good. I absolutely <laughs> believe that um, that every, once once again, everything that's happening right now is happening in order to position the church. Go, and if I can go prophetic for a half a second, go prophetic for more than that. <laughs> <laughs> I personally, I'm in 2030, man. Good. Got gotcha. you. I'm in 2030. Why am I? Why why can I say with confidence that I'm I'm in 2030 already? Because God's already told me what He's doing for 2020 through 2029. 
through December 29, 2029. He's already told me what he's doing and what he's doing is what we're seeing happen. And he said that the reason that he's doing it is to bring his church to a place. He wants his church to be at a particular place. I do not say that I know the fullness of what that's going to look like come 2030. I do believe we're going to at least make it to 2030 and something big is going to transition around the end of 2029 going into 2030, whether it's a big bang thing or whether it's, um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whether yeah, it's this you. big epoch moment that right. every that the whole world sees is what I'm saying, or whether it is the beginning of the thing and then it takes us, we begin to see it escalate from, from 2030, 31, 32, 33. But so I'm living in 2030, man, because everything that he told me is happening the way he said. And he, and, and this is what he said, y'all. He said, all of this is dress rehearsal. It's dress rehearsal. Yeah. What is he doing? He's teaching his body how not to be distracted. That's right. He's teaching his body right now how to keep her eyes on the prize. That's right. That's what he's doing right now. Wow. You know, you said something, Bruce, about flow and how the flow is different and how you you said this a couple of times where we don't know the whole thing. We don't know the whole thing. And I, we had a situation um, at our church where, you know, we were trying to perceive some things. And one of the things I saw was a flow. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't explain it. I didn't say it, but I saw a flow. Mm -hmm. But in this flow, we are not aware of the the end of a thing. And I feel like, not that this is brand new, but I feel like it is a kind of new way that God is developing the trust. Yeah of the church in where we're going. Because a lot of times, you you know, you'd have these prophetic words, especially your prophetic or your intercessor. You go, okay, God is taking us here and we're going here. We are, there's a lot of feels out there, F E E L S for lack of a better word, right? Mm. but nobody kind of, I haven't seen nobody either say then now maybe I'm not saying prophets don't have it or people out there don't have it, Mm -hmm. but nobody has locked in on bam, this is it. So God is taking us. And, and when you are in this type of flow, it is like a still small voice. Mm-hmm. And you cannot allow distractions to be so loud. Look, when Elijah heard that there was fire, there was an earthquake. earthquake was like all, these everything. Loud, yeah, <laughs> all these loud things <laughs> happened. Yep. But he didn't respond until he heard the still small voice. Yep. And I believe in this time, it may be mass miracles that take place because I followed an unction or a still small voice. So yeah. to, to that point, uh, learning to quiet yourself is a skill. It is. It's yes. not something that naturally comes to us because of our perceptive nature, because of our senses. Right. You, you can imagine that if somebody drops something in this hallway, yeah. first thing we do is you, you turn and look because yeah. that's how we're geared. You know, right. you see a flash of light, you're going to turn and look. These kind of things draw our attention. But what we have to do is uh, learn to abandon our senses, so to speak. Yes. And we have to learn to quiet ourselves. Yes, yes, um, yes, And yes. quiet the stuff that's around you, you know, and that's a skill. That's not mm-hmm. something that you just automatically get. You have to work on it. You have yeah. to work on it. You have to work on it. That that happens in your prayer time. Yeah. It happens. And, and then the more you do it in your prayer time, the more it becomes natural to you. Yeah. That's why you can see a lot of stuff going on, and there's some people are, you know, they're acting like they're walking through the park. Like, yeah. do you not see all this going yeah, on? Right. But they've learned to quiet themselves. Right. And um, and when you quiet yourself, 
You and I have talked about this before. God's not going to scream at you. No. Why would he need to raise his voice? Why? Why would why? he need to? Either you're going to listen or you're <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah. That's you know? exactly right. So you you quiet everything else around you so you can hear what he's saying. That's exactly right. Or you, or, or you don't. From my perspective, it is one of the reasons that God speaks so strongly to so many people through dreams. Tell them why. Because it's the only time that he could get a word in edgewise. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's right. <laughs> that's that's my my personal funny, but I, <laughs> but I believe it. I do believe it to some degree. Yeah. Um, I, I want to get back to something Tisha said about the new thing. Mm-hmm. Oh. Isaiah forty three nineteen says, "Behold, I do a new thing. Mm-hmm. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way. Come on. In the wilderness. I love that. And rivers in the desert. Right." The Lord told me, Tisha, maybe a year and a half ago, he said, if you've seen it before, if you've heard it before, if you've done it before, if you've experienced it before, it ain't the new thing. Come on. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's pretty simple, right? (laughs) We're complicating. That is so true. Yeah. So in reference to the new thing, God seeing the flow and, and feeling like God is doing it different. He absolutely is in the lives of us individually so that we individually make those decisions that cause us corporately to come to this place, right? I absolutely believe, Troy, you said it. You said, you know, I feel like maybe he's waiting on a particular number, right? I believe that's what 2020 to 2029 is about. 2020 to 2030 is about he didn't give me a number, but I believe he's waiting for the church to come to a particular place of cohesiveness and yeah. oneness so that we become, oh, this is good right here, so that we become like Moses's servant, Joshua, Joshua. Mm-hmm. who goes halfway up the mountain <laughs> and God only sees one person. That's right. Because he so made himself one with Moses. Imagine when the body of Christ makes herself one with each other, that God only hears one prayer. That's it. Oh, you got to love that. He only hears one prayer because we've learned finally how to be one person before the Lord. Yeah, I believe that's where he's taking us. This is what his prayer was before he was uh, arraigned. Yes. Before he's crucified. Yeah, man. He said, I pray that you make them all one. Make them all. I pray one. that you just like he's not. It wasn't even just like one. He said, "I pray that you make them all one, just like me and you are one." Just and he was like, praying to the Father, just like, like we're one, yeah. dude. I want you to make them all one, dude. And I'm that's, this is we have all kind of stuff that distracts us from becoming one, because okay, I told you you're a troublemaker. <laughs> <laughs> Bring this up. We don't have people in the body that want to work with one another, right? You can be directly across the street. Mm. Yes. From another ministry. Yes. That teaches the exact same thing you teach. Yes. You believe the exact same thing. There's no, you could, I'm, you know me, I'm not a denomination person, but you could even be a part of the same denomination Mm. and still won't work together. Still won't work. Because somebody feels like I got to be in charge. Yeah. Right. And I can't yield. Submit yourselves one to another. Right. If we had that mentality across the board, that would not be an issue. Yeah. But this is one of those distractions. I got to build this. Yeah. I got to build this. I got to build this. But we we can't be so busy building our own kingdoms. Yeah. 
that we don't build his. Right. Right. And this is one of the problems that keeps us from being one. Yeah. You, yeah. We see the success. That's yeah. my quotes. That's right. my first time. <laughs> the quotes up. We see the success <laughs> of other people yes. because they have these ministries yeah. that we as- ascribe to and we want right. to. But is that really success? success? Success is really boiled down to one simple thing. Come on. Did you do what God told you to do? My, my, my. If you did, you are successful. You, you are successful in the greatest way in the that greatest you could way. ever be successful That's because it. your father's happy with you. There you go. Your father's, you go. Your father's happy. Yeah. Make us all one. You that that was his prayer. Thing. Make yeah. us all one. Yeah. Make yeah. us all one. And that yeah. was his prayer. It was so important. That before I die, yeah, I need to pray for them that they become one. Yes, I before I'm going through all this stuff. The Bible says he knew what was to come. He knew he was going to be tortured. He knew he was going to be beaten. He yeah. knew he was going to. Yeah. He knew God was going to turn his back on him. Yeah. yeah. But before you turn your back on me, I got to ask you I, one I more ask thing. You one more thing, right? Make us all one. And if I could add, he knew it would be probably the biggest challenge. <laughs> sure. He knew that it would be one of the biggest challenges to the body of Christ to become one. Sure. So as you say, he took the time to get that prayer in before going through all that he would go through because he knew that it was something that needed to be addressed. You know, he's looking all the way into 2021 you know, and seeing us across the street from each other, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, seeing us across the aisle from each other. Oh, man. In some cases, across the aisle and still yeah. you have the 80-20 rule, right? What's up with 80-20? Why hasn't 80-20 changed yet, right? Yeah. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Well, yeah. yeah. Why hasn't that changed yet? Because the conviction of the heart hasn't happened yet to where people begin to own him the way they say that he owns them. Yeah, that's right. Mm. That is right. This is, I love these conversations. Um, this is, uh, this is wonderful. <laughs> this is wonderful. That's I, listen, there's so there's so much when we start talking about distractions. We could go on forever. I did want to, before we close, I wanted to share something. And I didn't plan on this. This is just part way through the conversation. My wife and I, you, you might not remember. Maybe you do. I don't know. But we were watching the Olympics this past summer. She knows me. I love the hurdles. Oh, gosh. But I... I only love the hurdles for one reason, because I'm waiting on it. You're waiting for them I'm, to crash. I'm waiting on it. Are you, you waiting know? for them to crash? I'm yeah. Wait, yeah, I'm waiting pray on it. Pray for your weaker brother. Please pray for me. Please. These people train their whole lives for this moment, and I'm just sitting there like, yeah, I'm waiting on it. But I even told her while we were watching, it was the finals. It was the 110 finals. And I, I remember I was telling you that the guy in lane eight is going to fall. And you remember he did fall. But that's yeah. that's not the point. What the point was when we're looking at one of the or two of the other lanes, maybe it was two or three or one or two, whatever. They were side by side. I noticed something when they took off. There was one guy, maybe he was in lane two. He was slightly ahead of the guy in lane three. Okay. And I know when you run the hurdles, there's a rhythm. Yeah. You know, one two three jump, one two three jump, or you know whatever their rhythm is. Right. Maybe he's at, maybe people have one two jump, or one two three four jump, or something. Whatever your rhythm is, that's your rhythm, right? Yeah. But I noticed something that as the guy in the right lane, started trailing a little bit. He started jumping into the hurdles, kicking them over instead of clearing them completely, which actually slows you down, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm watching this, not, you know, I'm 
I'm entertained because the guy that I thought was going to fall down fell down. Yeah. You know, so I'm already happy. But then God <laughs> speaks to me. Yes, it's, yeah, pray for me. <laughs> pray for me. God speaks to me at that point when I'm looking at this guy in lane three and he's knocking over hurdles. Yeah. And he's saying, he's showing me he picked up the rhythm of the other guy. Oh, boy. This is what happened. He picked up the rhythm of the other guy. Wow. And the only, now you got to remember this. He's slightly behind the other guy. So in his mind, I got to catch up to this guy, mm. not run my own race. Yeah. I got to catch up to this guy. Mm. And so he's picked up the rhythm of the guy that's slightly ahead of him. The funny thing is the guy that's ahead of him doesn't pick up the rhythm of the guy that's behind him mm. because he's not paying attention to him. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. He's running his race. Mm. And when, when God spoke to me, I was like, I get it. I get it. And this is one of the biggest distractions we have in this world is we pick up the rhythm of other people wow. because wow. we're watching them run wow. and not running our own race. My goodness, that's really good. So in this life, the race is not given to the swift, right? Yeah. But he that endures to the end, but part of your endurance is keeping your focus in your own lane Wow, man. and so running good. your own that race. That is excellent. Don't pick up the rhythm of other people. So if we got to leave you with that. That's a good way to end it, I think, maybe. Um, but I'm Troy. I'm Bruce. And I'm Tisha. And we thank you so much for joining us here under the fig tree.